Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Adult. My name is Glenn King. I am a adult director slash producer slash performer extraordinaire and it is my great honor to bring you adult entertainment talk for the adult entertainment curious. And with me today, so this is very exciting. So Troy Aikman, you are all familiar with, he um, was one of the greatest football players in history, won some Super Bowls, and then retired at like age 32 <laughs> or something like that. So then for the next five years, everyone was interviewing him mm -hmm. and saying, Troy, Troy, when are you going to come back? When are you going to come back? Everyone assumed he was going to come back. So here we are today with basically the Troy Aikman of porn. <laughs> she was a Super Bowl champion. She she ascended to the top of the profession, one of the top performers in the history of the business, but retired so young, and so everyone starts off every interview by asking her when she's going to come back, when she's going to come back. <laughs> so um, I guess I'll start the interview with the great Naomi Banks. Naomi Banks, everybody. Hi. So when are you coming back? <sighs> you know, it's funny. I, I, like you said, I've been getting that for the past, what, five years? Five years, six years? Five years, six yeah. years, six years. When am I coming back? And uh, I think I'm going to tip my toe in just a little bit. Yeah. Just a little bit. Just tip my toe. And it was funny. I was talking to my to my main man, my guy, and I was telling him, if I come back, I'm coming back, and I'm just shooting for two people. And that one person was you. Ooh. That's a... Yes, yes, the one person with you and the okay. other person was with um, Kink. Yeah, great. I have truly embraced my Dom side. Yes. I really have. I think you were probably one of the first ones that I've ever experienced that whole experience with and fell in love with it. And that had became part of my retirement plan. Mm-hmm you know, doing a professional dom. So I'm looking to kind of shoot probably with you within the next month or so. Okay. Well, yes. we will then, I have a slot reserved for you okay. for my next Mean Amazon Bitches scene. Mm -hmm. It's a done deal. Uh, that's a wonderful news. So we'll, we'll, this is a great way to start the interview. Um, so for everybody, I'm sure everyone's familiar with Naomi Banks, but Naomi is um, uh, started, let's see, how long ago did you start in the business? I want to say 2006 to end of 2005. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's about 15 years ago. That's, oh, God. Yeah. Two, oh, yeah. 2005, 2006. Yeah. Two, yeah. 2006. Yeah. All right. How'd you get started in the business? <laughs> um, well, okay. I mean, I've been answering this question for for a long time. Sure. How did I I, I got at it? Because um, the reason why let's go back to the reason why the reason why is so I can help my ailing father who was back in Chicago, and he needed twenty four hour care. Um, at that time, I actually resigned from my job. I packed up my my car and what, moved. What was to the job? I I worked. <laughs> <laughs> I was a, a counselor for teen mothers. Okay. Yeah. So I worked for DCFS. I worked. Yeah. There. Um, and I packed up my car to move to California to make my dreams come true. Like really, I've always did, you know, music and, and all that stuff in Chicago, mm -hmm. but I wanted to do it on a bigger, you know, platform here in California. So I packed up, resigned from my job and moved probably fast forward a year later, my mom called and said, you know, I need you to come back home. I need you to, you know, I need you to get back into the, 
workforce because we really need some help. Your dad, right now, he's now going to need 24-hour care. We just came from the doctors, and they really want to keep him in a hospital. If not, they want to send him home, and we need a 24-hour nurse. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't want to leave. I was really doing very well. This is, in, I was doing very well. Sure. And I didn't want to, you know, leave California and go back to Chicago. So I was trying to figure out, well, how can I do this? And I know I did a lot of, you know, new modeling for, you know, overseas and stuff like that, doing those magazines. And they pay, you know, it's print pretty nice penny then. So I said, well, let me do that. But let me find out who are the agency out here. So I was looking at this magazine. Well, it was like a newspaper. Was it back? back pages backstage um it was back page backstage or something it was came in a little paper that was free when you go to the library okay. you can get it right from there you're, but you're talking about for the mainstream part of the industry well yeah but there was a yeah it was the mainstream but it was one that was it had figure modeling okay and it was world modeling it was it was jim south oh, so wow. yeah. you know yeah. i i went to him thinking that okay i'm, I'm comfortable you know nude you know, figure modeling. I had my portfolio, like everything, you know, all of this. And so when I went in and he was like, oh, hey, there's a little girl. You know how comfy he was? Yeah. Hey there, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Glenn, he would say to me, <laughs> he would always give me the speech about, uh, Glenn, uh, when I refer a girl to you, she's mine for life. So if you shoot her again 20 years from now, I expect a check for $100 to arrive. <laughs> Otherwise, my people are going to come talk to you. Like, I was really scared. Like, you know, he, all the other agents would call the girl for you, but he would literally just give me the phone number of whatever girl that I wanted to shoot. And then he would, um, you know, again, expect me to pay him for the rest of his life. But I had to pay him. I was also one of the, one of the few dummies that would show up and he would, he would collect like 400 in advance for four numbers for me. Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then I would sit there and all these, you know, you would go up there and all these Polaroids, you would have these books yes! of Polaroids and you would sit there and all of them were just miserable looking like the girls had no makeup spray, on and a little turned sideways like in a police shot or mug shot. Oh and, my goodness. And the only way I ever really ended up booking girls was while sitting there looking through the Polaroids, girls would constantly come in and out mm. and then you would meet those girls. <laughs> Anyway, so Jim Sal tells you... Yeah, um, well, Jim Sal, you know, I was telling him I wanted to do, you know, Penthouse and Playboy and those things and stuff like that. He said, you ever thought about doing video? And I did music videos. And I was like, well, no, I've done that. I really want to go past that. And they wasn't paying a lot, you know, the music videos wasn't. So I was like, you know, I'm really looking for something. He said, no, that's not what I'm talking about. He was talking about porn. (laughs) I was like, oh... No, I just want to stay with print because at that time it was either you do print or video. And yeah. I said, well, no, I'm going to stay with print. I'll just, you know, figure out what the print thing. And he said, okay. He said, well, I don't know, you know, how well you'll do, but I think you'll do really damn good, you know, in video. So at that time I walk out of his office and I walk past Alexander DeVoe office, not knowing who he was, but I knew at that time his girlfriend, Cherie, we actually knew each other from the modeling scene back in the day like we've seen each other in in passing for years and i was surprised to see her you know here and so he same thing you know you want to be in a video and i thought he was talking about music videos once again so no then i he said well no i do these videos that you know straight to you know dvd you know stuff like that or whatever i was like oh so you do like short film type movies 
And he was like, you yeah. know, like, yeah, right. like, yeah. Like, you know, and it, then I had my portfolio. So I'm handing him my portfolio. So he's going through it, you know, looking at the pictures. And I'm sitting there and I'm looking at her. And she's like, so when did you get, so we're going back, well, when did you get here? We, you know, whatever, whatever. So then he brings out this big stack of videos with all of these girls on it. And it was like porn video, I mean, DVDs. And I'm like, looking, I'm like. Oh no, I don't. I, no, no, thank you. I know. Yeah. I don't. Not, no, I don't want to do that. Go out. I mean, fast forward. I leave out of there, and then I get a call from my mom, probably like a a, a week or two later, and then she said, "Have you decided? Is you know what you're going to do?" She said, "Because I really need you. You know to come. You know, I I need to get back to work, so I need to kind of figure out exactly what we're going to do with your dad." And so I was like, "Well." Give me a minute. I still had some residuals from some um, modeling jobs that I did before. And so I was just sending her those checks. And I said, well, let me let me still see what I can figure out here. You know, because it was um, I had an agent that was, you know, one of those little mainstream agents that do yeah. little to nothing for you. But at the right time to get you something. Yeah, and, I knew a ton of those guys. Yeah. Because I was in mainstream before I was mm-hmm. in, in porn. Yeah. So then... Um, I was like, well, let me figure out, because that's the second person that came to me about porn. And then I was on, you know, online, remember back in the day with One Model Place and stuff like that. Yeah. And so I had a bunch of people that came in, and this one guy that said he was a part of Rockefeller, and they were wanting to do this um, this video, whatever, movies or whatever like that. Mind you, not knowing that they meant adult, till I actually spoke to him, and he was like, well, yeah, we want to do something on adult, you know, scene of it, version of it. And I'm like, what the hell is this porn mind you i never watched porn okay <laughs> never i watched the cinemat flicks like the the late night yeah. shows that's all i never watched the dvd i didn't know who heather hunter was i didn't know yeah. who nobody was in porn when i that when at that time so i was like okay let me let me research this industry because this is three people that told me about this trying to get me into so let me really figure out what it is i know porn was about sex but i never saw it so i went and did my research for about six months like literally i went and ordered the um book i actually still have the book um it's a one-on-one into porn business and stuff like glenn when i tell you i did my research Good for you yeah. i did my research i was you know trying to see uh exactly what it is that they do you know what like when I say I was writing up pieces, papers and stuff like that, everything, how much money it was making, who was the biggest consumers, like everything. Wow, like I had that also good. when I, t- when I saw that it was making at that time more than baseball, I yeah, was that, like, well, that was the peak of our industry. Yeah. Was 2006. Yeah. There was like, I was like, Oh my God. Like, and then I saw a documentary on, um, what is her name? The biggest name in, in Jenna James. Jenna James. Okay. And I saw the documentary on that, and I was like, okay, all right. And then I saw some of the girls, some of the black girls that was in the industry. I saw some of those, and I was like, well, you know, I I don't look like them, you know. I mean, I'm actually I'm much older than them, so I'm kind of you know more secure on what I want to do. And then I looked at some of the companies, and I said, this is the company that I don't want to work for. This is the company that I would like to work for. Yeah. So I had myself where I had goals, yeah. you know, what I was going to do. So then after that. I went and went to Jim South and I sat down and I said, okay, I'm ready. You okay. know, he said, okay, well, first of all, he said, I want to send you out on some go cities. And he sent me to 
T.T. Boy. Okay. That was not good for me. I did not like T.T. Boy. I came back. I said, no, I don't want to shoot with that company. Okay, good. Good I for said, you. That's, that's, well, it. Yeah. that's one of the companies that I said I did not want to shoot with. I don't want to shoot with that company. And he said, well, I got this one company. I think they'll love you. He sent me to video team. Christian okay. Mann and Kimberly. <sighs> okay. I walked in yeah. the door. And at that time, Christian was like, okay, just the sweetest person were him and Kim sat me down, talked to me. Kim took me to this back room, talked to me, told me what my race should be. Never go lower than those rates. She told me this is what you, because this is what type of, um, she said, I haven't even seen you perform, but just you, us packaging you, we can just do, you know, amazing with you. I said, great. She was like, well, we'll get back with you, with um, Jim Soft. We'll like to book you for something. I leave out. Probably later on that day, Jim called me and said, could you meet me at my office? He said, okay, I have a contract here for you. They want to sign you exclusively to video team. So at this time, I'm like, what? What is this? Like, what, you know, what is this? And he said, well, I'm going to, he said, I'm going to give you some advice, but I also want to bring in a lawyer. Good. So we can, you know, sit and, you know, and explain to you exactly what these contracts are. He said, because when you first came to me, you said the reason why you were really doing this because you needed money for your father. He said, now with this contract right now in the beginning, you won't be making that money that you need because they only got you shooting a certain amount of time a month. Yeah. Versus for girls coming in, new girls, they shoot constantly, you know, and make money. Always the trade-off of yeah. the contract yeah. though, is that you're fine, you're limited, your, your earnings are capped, basically. Right, yeah. And so from there, we went back and forth, you know, we're talking about that. And I think I went like a whole week with that. And I couldn't shoot with nobody else. I wasn't allowed to shoot with anybody else until I shoot with them first. So that went for like a good week or two. And then I sat down and with my guy and I was like, you know, I got a five-year plan in here. Is five years and then I'm tapping out. And I said, I don't know if I can get exactly what I need from video team, you know, on, on what I need from them. I said, so I think I'm going to pick and choose the companies that I work for and just go hard in that aspect of it. So I went back to Jim yeah, and I told him, sense. you know, um, I regretfully, you know, decline. I yeah, said, yeah. but I love, I would love to work with them. They would love to work with me. And I was like, yeah, but they still want your first thing. Yeah. Great. So the very first thing I shot, I shot with Mr. Marcus, D, D, um, she directed it. Um, she directed it and I was on a box cover, my very first movie. And actually they shot The big picture on the box cover? Huh? The the big picture. And you you were, no, it was me by myself. Oh, all by yourself on the box cover. That's great. Yeah. Next door. And actually at that time, my name was Naomi Knox. Oh, okay. I did not know this. Yeah. It was Naomi Knox then. And literally they shot me they that first year they shot me a lot so they actually shot me more than yes the contract deal you that may, they gave yeah, me you yeah admit, right yeah but and, and by the way you're listening to let's talk adult with glenn king and our guest naomi banks um christian man i've spoken about on this show quite a bit mm-hmm. but i haven't actually had a guest on before who knew christian mm-hmm. i've said christian is the most wonderful and greatest human being yeah, to ever be in the adult industry. Yeah. Just can you just say a couple you, you know, what it was I, like working with Christian? Yeah, when I like the very first time I met him now and I'm just gonna put this out, I'm grown. From T T Boy to, to with Christian Man, it was just such a big oh my it was just 
like they wasn't even in the same, you know, industry. You understand what I'm saying? Right. Um, right. Right. With Christian and Kim, they both kind of like, even though I didn't sign with them, they both kind of like try to cuddle me and, and, and let me know about what my worth is, knowing because I am a woman of color. I am a black woman. Yeah. And I was a little older than everybody else, too. I didn't look it, but I was. And so he was just giving me these insights on what I should do and what not to do right now. Don't give them all of you because if you do, then it will be nothing for anybody will want at the end That's and right. have fun with it. He said, and make sure you stay, you stick to your, stick to it. Whatever you say, you stick to it and don't let it go. Do you think we've lost a piece of the industry, an important piece of the industry these days in that we don't have magazines and softcore work for a girl to do when she starts out? So the talent that's coming in at 18 years old is being immediately thrown into anal gangbangs and all these things. But back then, you could be a a, um, a cover model mm -hmm. or a, a print model for your first year in the business. Yeah, I think so. I think it, it lose that fantasy. Because remember, this all it begun as a fantasy, yeah. you know, for it. And it lose, for me, it, it loses that sexy side of it. Yeah. I mean, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but when they're on print, you make up your own oh, words yes. for them in your head. Yes, yes. And, you know, everything is is fantasized mm -hmm. about, and it, it's such a big, because I was a huge magazine fan, mm -hmm. so it's such a big thing for me then to suddenly be able to see, and like, Twitter changed everything. Oh. Like, now you get to see their personality yeah. and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but I struggle, too, from that perspective, because I constantly get, you know, I get 10 emails a day from producer, or from agents. Here's our new girl, here's our new girl, here's our new They all look to me like they're teen runaways. Mm -hmm. And I want fantasy girls yeah. for my videos. Yeah. You know, that's, it, it was funny. I, I forgot who it was that I was talking to. And I remember the very first time I worked with somebody that was 18, 19 years, years old. Mind you, I, ha I had a teenage daughter at that time. She was, what, 14, like 13, 14, 14 at that time. So it made me feel very, very uncomfortable with having um, sex with this girl or this boy on film knowing they were only a few years older than yeah. my my child. Yeah. Um and I remember so that's first of all, I think that you don't really know your body sexually until you, you know, twenty one, you know, years old. Like honestly. Um and I know everybody has these little, you know, these niches with the teens, whatever like that. But at twenty one some of them still look like teens. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's just like a mental a, a Mentally, I don't think they're ready for what the industry, and it's not really the industry, it's the people outside of the industry that does the most damage to them. Yeah. You know, that they don't have that mentality to be able to to have that, that thick skin. No, absolutely. You, you know what I mean? I mean, you can't, I just don't, I don't think you can stop girls from working at age 18. It, it's, you know, it's their right. Yeah. But... Um, you know, and, and also there are 27 year olds I know who are way big of a mess than <laughs> the 19 year old we oh, yeah, shot a few weeks too. ago, but you know, it's 40 year olds who are a bigger mess, yeah. but, but, um, you can see what happens with a lot of these girls. I, I, this is why our industry, I'm proud to see everybody working as a support team. When mm -hmm. one girl goes on Twitter and says, you know what? I'm feeling suicidal today. Yeah. She gets mocked by a few people. 
but they're a compassionate people now, and mm-hmm. all these stars, they reach out to each other, and now there's even a support organization that's giving free mental therapy for... That's um, great. Yes. That's beautiful. Yeah. That is, that's really... We need that, because yeah, these are 18-year-old girls who yeah. go out there, and the worst part is that these anonymous trolls on Twitter are yapping at them all day long, saying you're fat and you're ugly, right. and, you know. I see, I, and I guess that's the thing with me, especially now, is because um, social media has a, a big influence on even me as a grown ass woman on my personal life or my personal being and you know for for them as young as being 18 it was a young lady actually she's doing really good now um tiana trump yeah she was in high school when she started i remember that she came on my show um and she had Playboy radio show yeah she came on my show misty brought on she came on my show and i was taught i literally the interviewer, me, Naomi Banks, interviewing went out the door and the social worker came in. Yeah. Like, and, and that's the hardest thing with being in this industry that my so, social worker clicked on really quick. I, I'll be on set with a young lady and she will have like this little Western name and it will be filled with vodka. <laughs> right. And I said, are you drinking? She's like, yeah, I have to do this every time I do this if I'm stripping and dancing. I said, you know, if you got to get drunk to do this, then you don't need to be here. And yeah. she said, you don't drink? I said, no. Good for you. I said, I I come and I enjoy myself, and then I, I do my job and I go home. I said, but one thing I do do is I learn about my body because everybody who you, you have um, intercourse with or inter- interact with, it does your body different. Yeah. And you, you as a woman, especially as a young woman, that's something that you need to learn from your body to kind of help make your career longevity you know what i'm saying in in that course and i think she kind of took it a little hard like i was hating on her but i well, i think i was coming from a very motherly social worker type of way like hold on just wait till you turn at least 21 you like it was her senior year in high school yeah like in december <laughs> yeah you know and it's like you know you adding more pressure onto yourself that don't need wait till you do that wait till you you get that milestone of graduation then come back and, and do what you need to do and take care of your business. I guess I will tell that to anybody, both girl and guy. Make sure you do your milestone first. Take that milestone, then do everything else. Because believe me, that world out there is not nice. Um, our industry needs more mentors like you. And, and at some point, we need a program where girls get orientation. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've said this before. I think um, if I was an, an agent, I would hire an older talent mm-hmm. to come in once a month and do a little class for all of my new talents. Just say, here are the things you need to think about. And mm-hmm. here's, you know, here's what you need to bring on set. Bring your own douches oh, and God, bring your own yes. in case they don't have and do all these things and then be prepared for mm-hmm. the, here's what you do when the director says, yeah, we start off with my POV mm-hmm. blowjob solo <laughs> that we do in the closet over there and, you know, all those things. Well, we're going to talk to Naomi about the challenges that she faces as a woman of color, as a performer of color. But first, we need to talk about uh, one of our sponsors, the great Blue Chew, bluechew.com. Blue Chew is the world's first uh, chewable erectile dysfunction pill. It's chewable, and it's got the same ingredients as uh, Viagra and Cialis. You know, in other words, they're generics. Mm-hmm. So it's a real pill, um, It's and it comes to your house. So you don't have to go see a doctor, and then you don't have to go to the pharmacy and wait for them to really? give you your yeah your erectile dysfunction pills, which is a little awkward, always. <laughs> um, you just go on their website, 
and you type in a little box if you're a guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I need erectile dysfunction. I need help with my erections. A doctor reviews it, and, and it's pretty simple. Really, the doctor can read your one sentence and then say, that's good enough, and write you a prescription, and then the stuff comes right to your door, and it actually sort of tastes like Pez to me. It's kind of cherry-flavored, I think. Oh, wow. So that was going to be a question for you. I was going to, have you tried it out? Have you, you know, tried out, tested it? I'm glad you asked that. Mm-hmm. So I'm a 50-year-old man, mm-hmm. and I perform in my videos a lot these mm-hmm. days, actually, about 50% of my scenes. And so I've been shooting these incredibly dramatic things like Cock Queen. I've been, I just finished Cock Queen. That's four scenes. They're boy-girl scenes. I'm in all four scenes where we've got a female cuckold and so that I'm the husband and I mm-hmm. fuck all these different women in front of my wife who gets cuckolded by the different girls. Oh, wow. That's like a flip. Yes. Yeah. I think we're the first people that have yeah. that were doing cuck queen on a DVD. And I know I got to send the scenes over to AVN. That I've told them it's my one video that I do every three, four years that okay. I really am proud of. And mm-hmm. and um, so so anyway, I just got finished those those scenes. So but the problem is, as the producer slash director slash performer, there's a lot of money on the table every time I go out to perform, mm-hmm. and I need to be able to have an erection. And um, you know, when you're 50 years old, you definitely want to rely upon a little bit of help. And so I do use Blue Chew, mm-hmm. and not only does it give me the erections that I need, but it gives me the confidence that I need. I'd be nervous if, let's say, Naomi comes back. She says, "Yeah, I'm ready. I'm going to do one of your female rape scenes because that's my new series. I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going. I'm doing a new series where females rape me. They, they. Um, it's boy girl sex scenes, but mm-hmm. like one of them is a blackmail scene. One of them um, was a succubus scene. You know, sort sort of a vampire hypno mm-hmm. thing." I've got one plan for next month where the girl actually chases me down in a field and, and with a lasso, dumps me in the trunk of her car, kidnaps me. And so let's say Naomi comes out of retirement, and I'm like, oh, man, I've known Naomi for 10 years, but I've never been in a video with her before and all this stuff. What am I going to do to not be nervous? That's okay. I got Blue Chew, bluechew.com. Uh, they're a little pill. I'll take one the night before and maybe a second one the day of. And I'm totally confident, ready wow. to go. So that's bluechew.com. So everybody listening out there, you can't be um, in a situation like me with as much pressure on it as me. So this will work for you too. And I'm going to make it easy for you. So we've got a promo code. If you use promo code ADULT, A-D-U-L-T, at checkout, you will get your first shipment of Blue Chew free. Ooh. So why not try it? Uh, you do get to pay $5 for shipping. So, um, but that's it, and that'll come to you, and then you can try it out, and you'll see, and you'll then send me a tweet or an email or something saying, thank you, Glenn, for recommending Blue Chew to me. It really works. Right, and what's the website again? BlueChew.com, B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com, Blue Chew. Mm. All right, so now we're going to have a serious conversation about women of color in porn. Um, You know, from my perspective here, I've always done these great shows on Playboy Radio and so on where we played games and we had fun and whatever, but we didn't actually try to really hash out serious issues. And so I I really have been enjoying looking for the right people to talk about, um, you know, serious things that that need to be discussed. So I did a little bit of research here. Not a lot of research. Mm -hmm. A little bit of research. 12% of the population in America is African American. Mm -hmm. However, in porn we seem to have a light representation of the African-American community. I looked at four of the top modeling websites, all four great agencies. Uh, OC Modeling has 42 girls 
two of them are sort of African American. I don't know if you count Honey Gold and Aaliyah Hadid. Hadid. Mm. Um, so ATMLA has eighty-one girls. Three of them are black. That's three point seven percent. One hundred one modeling has sixty-six girls. Four of them are black. That's six percent. That's the best of the group mm-hmm. here. L.A. Direct, 46 models, two of them are black. That's 4%. So 12% of the population is African-American. 4 to 5% on the major websites are African-American. Why? Okay. So um, I guess let's go back a little further, probably, probably like, 2012 maybe 2011 2012 I think that's when you know all of the tube sites start coming along and a lot of the the um, the black owned companies or the, the companies that were shooting all black um, they were kind of going away um, yeah, I guess it's like West Coast uh, yeah. um, video team because yep. they actually changed their name quite a few times right. um, <laughs> Um, well, I forgot T.T. Boyd, um, name of his company, but you know, a lot of those companies kind of evasive, evasive, evasive yeah, yeah. um, kind of went down. Yeah. Um, and then from there, a lot of the other companies wasn't really shooting, um, a lot of the black girls. You, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, they were more looking for this conversation that I had with this one agent. Um, is he was saying that companies like, that black girl next door, meaning that black girl that kind of, that was more appealing to white men as well. White buyers, white consumers, as well as black consumers. Um, and that that's why a lot of the young ladies um, hadn't been shooting because either they had tattoos or um, their skin wasn't, their skin complexion wasn't even, or um, they just didn't have that European um, approval look, you know, for what they thought that consumers were looking for. Um, but then when there was a big slew, when Pinky came on the scene and um, Cherokee came on the scene where, you know, the big booty was uh, the big thing, right? you know, and now that was more acceptable. But then um, some of the white girls started getting big booties. Right. So now, Alexis, what, Texas yeah. So now, with the the thing that the black girls were were you know getting picked up for and paid for and all of these for that that niche is now has been put on the white girls. Now the white girls have the big asses, and you know that kind of like flushes out you know the black girls that was in the industry, the women of color in the industry, and also that they were not being paid the same amount as their white counterparts. Yeah. That used to be a very, very big thing in the industry. I, for one, was one of the ones that was getting paid what I wanted to get paid. Oh, I was not shooting. Um, I remember one agent told me, you know, you're kind of being a bitch. Well, call me Miss Bitch, because that's <laughs> what I, I want to get paid. I remember it was one time that they wanted me to shoot with a white guy. And I always shot with white guys. But I had found out from another producer that they were paying white girls more money to shoot with a black girl because it was interracial rates. I was like, there's interracial rates? <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. So I called my agent. I said, for now on, 
Yeah. I want this for my interracial race. <laughs> he was like, no, it doesn't work that way, Naomi. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Which agent was that? Was that South still? Or <laughs> no, was no, I was, no, that wasn't South. You Derek never, by then? I think? No, no. Oh, oh I, I, I don't think me and Derek could ever get along. I think because yeah. I'm so dominant, I'm so like, yeah, yeah no, no. He, but I thought you were with him. Okay. No, um, um, what is his name? Um, Lawrence. Oh, Jack Lawrence. You were with um, his go, agency. Go, which, go, go, go something. Oh, that one. Yeah. yeah. Um, him. Right. Yeah. Sorry, I get yeah. him confused. No, that's right. Yeah, he was Gold Star Model. Yeah, there he is. Him and Darby, I think, Some, were in that yeah. one or something. And, um, you know, he said, well, it's not going to go. I said, well, that's how I'm going to do it. If mm-hmm. they want to shoot me, this is what they have to pay if it's with a white guy. Yeah. I'm going to leave it like that. <laughs> Good for you. He was like, so it's fair, right? So actually, he, he had another, another one of his agents call me, and they was trying to, like, I guess, negotiate my rate or whatever. I said, no. I said because I said this is a he's white yeah. I'm black so it's interracial it's interracial <laughs> okay like what do you what do you mean right he's like well no it doesn't go what no 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 why it doesn't go that way because if a white girl is fucking a black guy yeah that's interracial it doesn't I'm, go that way because you don't have a union that sets rates for different genres right. and the only way it's going to change is somebody like you stands up and says hey I'm not doing this unless I get equal pay right. And they paid me my interracial rate. <laughs> so it was That's just like, nice. you know, and the funny, I think I probably was like the only one that, you know, that was doing that, that did that, was doing that, that knew that they could do that. Yeah. My thing is I always said that all money ain't good money. And at some point in time, you have to say no. You have to, if not, they're going to keep, you know, the industry is so small. Oh, yeah. And when you do something on a low ball for somebody else, trust and believe it's going to get back around. Oh, yeah. And so by that time, by the time you with all of these producers, they're going to, you know, keep telling. I used to tell all this to all of the young ladies that come in the industry. And I used to say, no, you keep your race as, as they are. And I said, as the years go, as you accomplish things and you get better, then you can start to, you know, to, to raise them then. I said, but no, you shouldn't go below this. I remember a young lady that I was mentoring. I took her on a set with me with video team, um, with Elegant Angel. Like, these are top companies that I'm taking you to at that time to meet with them and never shout with anybody. So, matter of fact, LT, who was shooting all the black on black over there, Elegant Angel, was doing great work. He said, okay, Naomi, he said... He said, I've already booked up everybody for this month. I already got my scheduling for this month. He said, I would love to put her on schedule for next month, but make sure that she doesn't shoot with anybody. So I was like, great. Okay. So I said, okay, can you hold off? Is there anything I need to give you, you know, that, you know, so you can hold off until then because he wants to shoot you. And when you're in with Elegant Angel, you're in with Elegant Angel. That's true. You know? So she said, yeah, yeah, yeah. She went home. I guess she talked to her boyfriend. Two weeks later, I get a call from LT. LT said, what the fuck? I'm like, what? Like, you know, your girl did a scene, an anal scene for $400. I said, oh my God, that like just blew. He's like, I don't want to touch her. Yeah. He said, I don't want to touch her. He said, I don't don't even want, I don't want to touch her. Are you kidding me? And I called her. She said, well, I need, I said $400. I said, you could have called me and asked me for $400. I would have gave you the $400. Yeah. I said, because what they would have did with you would have been so, you know, different. Now she's out of the industry. She's no longer in the industry. I think she was in there for two years and then she was out. 
Yeah, you know, there's a difference between lowering your standard rate and just blowing yourself out mm -hmm. um, at $400. Yeah. She didn't know. You know, she her boyfriend... I don't know what he was saying to her. I, I, well, I they take know. advice. I mean, these boyfriends yeah. should not be giving out any yeah, advice. They, no. they constantly do. Like, I meet these guys who speak as if they know everything about the industry. And it's like, oh, man, don't take advice from this guy. Right. Don't. You, you know, but somebody asked me on my Curious Cat yesterday, I think, about, you know, should what do I think of these agents that whore out talent? And I said, it's not, I don't think you're looking at it from the right perspective. Mm -hmm. If you're an agent and you've got a roster and you know, you've got 50 girls and 10 of them are working every day and then 10 of them are not working at all, mm -hmm. maybe those 10 on the bottom need to lower their rates from right. the standard rate of 1,000 mm -hmm. to the standard rate of 800 mm -hmm. and you know, get their name out there, build their brand, mm -hmm. do something to get it going. That's not the same thing mm -hmm. as taking these, because there are these low-end producers mm -hmm. who, you know, I know, some of them shoot in my studio mm -hmm. and they're like, yeah, I paid $200 for this girl. Like two hundred dollars, yeah, and but then their content is terrible, and and, I'm, and they're like, yeah, the girl had already done two scenes that day and stopped on her way home and did this third scene and her attitude, she just wanted to get out of there. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's what you get when you're paying a girl two hundred dollars yeah. or whatever. But the girl shouldn't be doing a two hundred dollars scene no. because like that producer and anyone that knows him is never going to pay her a rate for yeah. her. You know, it's it's funny that you said. I remember the very first probably about two, three years ago with one of my um, one of my friends that he's in the industry. Well, he's trying to get into the industry. He's trying to shoot, you know, all this content. And so he had some of the guys from the industry bring him this one girl. She was gorgeous. Glenn, when I say she was gorgeous, she was gorgeous. So I was holding camera. Yeah. I was holding camera. And then I was doing an interview with her afterwards. And so um, because I was telling him about the girls that he needed to get, you know, $800 for a boy girl is, you know, is where it starts at and then it goes yeah, up from there. That should really be the right. the lowest. Right. End. And it goes but, up know, from okay, there. There's some $700, but right. $800 is really. Is, is it. And in so in fact, was, Aurora Snow just wrote an article on Daily Beast with mm -hmm, rates. I was mm -hmm. quoted in that article, and that's basically what it said. Right. $800 is the lowest. Right. And so, so he was saying, he was like, well, you know, I got a girl. I got a girl for, for $300. Wait, to do to do a a boy girl? Yes, to do a boy girl. So at this time, I'm 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 on set and I'm holding the camera and I see him looking at me and two other people looking at me and I'm like, do I do I cut this scene? Do I do I say something? You, you know what I mean? Because this is like where, baby, do you understand what you're what you're doing to yourself? So mind you, I didn't. I was really mad at myself. Yeah. I didn't stop the scene. I kept mm -hmm. going with the scene. I, you were working there. Yeah. You can't do that. Right. I kept going with the yeah. scene. And then there was time for the pop scene. Mm -hmm. And she said, no, we could do a cream pie. Oh. And I'm sitting there, I was like, <laughs> no. I'm like, no. This for our listeners means that <laughs> the guy is going to ejaculate inside the performer. Which, um, personally, I think cream pie should be outlawed, period, but um, it can lead to pregnancy. Yes. Uh, although it could also increase the chances of getting diseases yes. as well. Um, yes. It shouldn't, it shouldn't happen in our industry. Yes. There's no reason for people to make real... You can do fake internal pops. Mm -hmm. That's why they call it a FIP. Yep. Um, we should not be doing... You know, if OSHA ever gets involved in our industry more heavily, 
yeah. and get serious about it, that'll be the first thing that they, be outlawed. they yeah. outlaw. Abs- yeah. It shouldn't. Yeah. And you can you can argue that as entertainers, we need to have intimate contact between our performers, but it's a really tough argument to say that, well, also a stunt we're doing is we're impregnating the girl. Yeah. So that's a terrible... Yeah, that was... You, didn't, you resisted. You didn't say anything to No, I didn't. But when I interviewed her, mm-hmm. I gave her... I let her know. I said, you know... I said, the rate that was that you guys said, never. No, never, never. No, no, no. And I said, and then for you to... I said, have it been done that the scene has been changed on set? Yes, it has. I said, but at that point in time, that's when you need to pause, come back... And now you need to renegotiate your rate because now you have added something else to your scene. Right. Right. Like you can't, I feel like you can't renegotiate your rate when you're on set unless the director adds something to the scene. Yeah. Once they start saying, well, we're going to do, it's going to be a double penetration or you're going to do a, you know, um, a cream pie, Mm -hmm. then you really need to call your agent at that point. Um, So the question I want to ask you is... Um, when I look at my Instagram, I see all these incredible African-American women with big butts and whatever. They're strippers. And all of a sudden, they're all doing boy-girl stuff on their own OnlyFanses. And yet, none of these women are available to me. But before I ask you this question, I need to talk about Sext Panther. Sext Panther, S-E-X-T-P-A-N-T-H-E-R. It's for sexting. Yes. So you've been listening to this podcast for the last 40 minutes or so. You've by now fallen in love with Naomi. I hope You so. <laughs> want to get to know her better. But back in the day when we all started, that that, that couldn't happen. No. You really didn't have a way of contacting no, Naomi. Unless maybe you went to see her feature dancing and yes. then waited through the line and then mm-hmm. you got to whisper something in her ear. But now you can talk to Naomi. You can actually send Naomi a text of your dick. And that's the only way I'm going to receive a text from your dick. <laughs> yes. So don't send her a dick pic via Twitter like these, you know, other guys. Send her a, a, your dick pic on Sex Panther. So if you go to sexpanther.com, S-E-X-T, panther.com mm-hmm. slash Naomi Banks, mm-hmm. that's uh, N-Y-O-M-I-B-A-N-X-X-X, you can actually uh, exchange texts, videos, pictures with her and even talk to her yes. on the phone yes. and she's happy to do all these yes. things mm-hmm. and you know you're going to make a new friend for life here mm-hmm. basically as long as you're willing to keep paying the money mm-hmm. to, <laughs> to sex with her but I mean people are you don't even have to to um, to send her dick pics you can just ask her how she's doing today or for advice about mm-hmm. the porn industry mm-hmm. or advice about anything in your life mm-hmm. um, this is not she's not just a porn performer she's been a producer director she's been a um, playboy radio host mm-hmm. she's done so many amazing things in her life and you can get to know Naomi and hundreds of other porn stars yes yes, yes. and that's all on Sex Panther it's the best way for you to get intimate yes. with your fantasy girl mm-hmm. That's for people that um, want to meet porn stars. Also, if you're one of the many, many porn stars who listens to my podcast and you're not on Sex Panther yet, shame on you. Because um, this is the way that you can be connecting with your fans, Mm -hmm. building real relationships. You don't need a thousand or a million fans. What you need are a small number of fans Mm -hmm. who are dedicated to you. That's loyal. I call them my loyal lovers. Yes, your Mm -hmm. loyal lovers who are willing to pay 
um, for your content, mm -hmm. and that enables you to open up your own OnlyFans store and all your other clip yeah. stores and whatever, and mm -hmm. be making money 20 years from now after you've retired, mm -hmm. your clips can still be making money if you've built your fan base. Mm -hmm. How do you do that? Sext Panther. Mm -hmm. So go to sextpanther.com and sign up to be a performer today. There you go. So that's Sex Panther. All right, so let's get back to that question. What the fuck? Um, <laughs> I can do, I can show you my, you know, my phone just got smashed. Uh, you know, that was the noise you guys heard earlier in the podcast with my phone smashing little pieces. But I could pull up my Instagram right now and there, you'd show you, like, five years ago, I, I had these same girls, but they were all strippers, and I figured, well, they're just not coming to the West Coast because they're making money as strippers or whatever. But now they're doing boy-girl scenes on their own stuff. Why are we not getting access to these girls in the porn industry? You know, because it's more now, it's more independent. Um, I come from the music side of the industry. And um, is now, people are doing their own thing now, where they are in control of what they get. You know, in porn, we don't get a residual. There is no residual. Once you do that scene, you get that money, that's it. Yeah. Where here is Because that. if we did, just as a side note, this comes up once in mm -hmm. a while. If the American porn companies started giving out residuals, they would just cut your rates in half like the European companies did, and then they would never actually give you the residuals. See, that's, 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 that's a shame. That's right. <laughs> that's a shame. But that's, a lot of the girls have learned now is that I can kind of build my own fan base and I can keep all of my money to myself versus right. giving it to a third party or a fourth party that keep taking that footage that they did that one shoot that they got paid 800 to 15 or 2500 dollars for that money is steady making more money more money more money and they just got that 800 or that 2500 they got smart which is a great was a great thing the thing is, the social media right now is that you can reach fans all over the world. Back then, when we first started, there was no internet like that. There was no social media like that at all. And they became more business savvy in that aspect. It's like, why should I allow somebody else to help build somebody else's empire when I can build my empire right here on this page where I got 230,000 followers? And out of that 230,000 followers, even 1%. Oh. At twenty dollars a pop or nineteen ninety nine a pop, right. Every month, that's money. That's the part. That's one scene, right? You understand what I'm saying? They constantly keep coming Absolutely. and going and going and going. They don't need us. I know right? that. They, they, they don't. Right. You know. But, but here's what. So here's what's happening. I think. Um, you ask the agents, why aren't you out recruiting? These girls, um, you know, just as an example, I was looking at a girl named Coco de Thick earlier mm -hmm. today. Just a beautiful black girl with a big butt and big boobs. And just, if you ask the agents, why aren't you recruiting? They'll say, because the producers aren't shooting big, thick black girls. And that's true. So then you ask the producers, why aren't you shooting big, thick black girls? And they'll say, there's no market for them. But then you look at... These big, thick black girls who have 230,000 followers and have a 1,000 subscribers on their Snapchat, and you go, there is a market for them. So where's the disconnect? Why do these producers think there's no market now, for let them? Let me tell you this. There is racism everywhere. And I think that's a part of it, too. I truly do. Okay. I remember so it's someone, racism. I, I think so. I think it's a part of racism as well. I... If you notice, at a point in time, you never see more than maybe two or three black girls that's at the top of the game. Yes. Of every, you never see that. Well, in with, with and even with Asians, you only see like one or two. 
But with the white women, yeah. let's be honest, you can see 20 or 30 or 40 of them that are at the top of the game. Yeah. But, they, but they only limit the women of color only one or two, and that's it. Right. So they're trying to, like, um, yeah, marginalize the group to make it smaller, you know, smaller, to where they say that there's not a market for it, but there is. There, There is. You know, that you have people out there that love to see beautiful women of color, black women, Asian women, you know, that um, exotic. They love to see those things. But the producers or whatever, a lot of them shoot what they, what they like. You know what I'm saying? What they're attracted to. Back in the day, they used to shoot more things. Here, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's what I like. You have a lot of producers that haven't even produced them for long. They new booty producers that come in and do in tons, things. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I, I think it's also laziness, too, in that, um, you know, it's kind of like in the NFL where whoever wins the Super Bowl, if they're running a 3-4 defense, then the mm-hmm. next year everybody's running the 3-4 mm-hmm. defense. So I think a lot of companies go, well, I see that guy over there shooting 18-year-old runaway blonde teenagers so that's what I'll shoot because I know those make money. Mm-hmm. But they don't actually go through and read their reports and try right. to figure out what sells and what doesn't. I mean, right. I can tell you, I put you on the cover of videos. They're mm-hmm. not called Mean Black Bitches. Mm-hmm. It's Mean Amazon Bitches mm-hmm. something. I put Anna Fox on the cover mm-hmm. of, of Mean Dungeon, I think, of, a couple months ago. Um, those videos sell as more or better than mm-hmm. the other videos. There's not actual science that says right. put a black girl on the cover and your DVD doesn't sell. Right. It was um, told to me that from that same one said black 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 women don't sell. Yes, that's what the perception is. Yeah, or the misperception. Like, are you kidding It's me? not based upon actual research. Right. Think. No, it's really that. That's why I said that's where that racism come in. Even though you you tend not to want to talk about that, that's what it bear down to. You know what? You know that person who is in control on what their vision is. You understand what I'm saying? Right. Like. No, she's, I'm not attracted to her. I don't think she's going to sell because I wouldn't buy it, but I'll do something to put it out. Yeah. You know, and then a lot of black Maybe girls, they got tired. Yeah. yeah. A lot of the black girls, they got tired of that. They got tired of being the low, the lowest pole on the, I mean, the lowest on the totem pole. That's right. Yeah. You, yeah. you understand what I'm saying? Being the, the token black yeah. also is not such a great spot to no, be. No, I mean, in, I've been there. You know, yeah. that's Anna right now. Misty's been there. You know, Jada been there. You know, we've been there before. Um, I don't think Anna's there. I think Anna is just a standalone performer who is recognized as a great performer. Mm-hmm. I think. I, I don't know. I, I was supposed to have Anna on the podcast, and then she had some personal problems. Uh, okay. um, so she couldn't come on. But we're going to get her on next right. month, and we're going to ask her. Actually, I'll ask you the same question I was going to ask her, which is, Somebody put her in a video that was, uh, you know, like best African American performers of the year. You know, Elegant does stuff like that. And she was upset and she tweeted them and said, you know, if you'd have told me the name of the video, this was going to be a black showcase, I would have told you no thanks. I'm a performer. I'm not a black performer. I'm just a great performer. Right. I mean, I understand in her aspect of that too, but for me, mm-hmm. for me as a black woman and a woman of color, I feel that it is my. I feel that I, I love that 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 they even made that, and I was on the cover of that. So I mean, I love that they they even made that to even to to bring awareness of women of color in the industry because it's for so many years 
they have not been praised in that way. Yeah. And I think she she missed that whole thing. I understand. I I want I'm want to be known just as a performer, but at the end of the day, I'm a black yes, woman first exactly. of all. Right. Yeah. You know, and I am committed to to really seeing, especially in this adult industry. That was one of my things that I wanted to do was showcase black women in the industry um more as more sexy more alluring you know more you know fantasizing you know in that way or more of a glamorous type of feel versus to what stereotypes have always made them that's one thing i tried to stay away from when i was shooting is the stereotypical things that they think of black women yeah you understand what i'm saying and that's what i try to stay far away from that's why some companies i didn't shoot with in the beginning and then when i shot with them towards the end i shot them the way that i wanted to shoot them you know i came in and said well nope i'm not shooting with that nope i'm not working with that director nope even had owners of companies will call me and say okay naomi um you want to shoot you know can you shoot with this person okay this is going to be the director all right whatever then he'll call the guys and they'll be like hold on naomi shoot then they, the, the guys will call me naomi did you say? I said, yep, we're good. You know, so it's like, I made it that way. Can everybody make it that way? No, I don't think so, but I will hope that they could. Right. You know, but... There for, aren't that many ethical no. porn producers <laughs> in the business. You know, I know a lot of them is like, fuck her. <laughs> and it's like, you know, cool. But um, I see what she mean by that. But then I, I, I personally would have wanted her to say, yeah, I still, I am a black performer still at the end of the day, because that is what makes you unique. I do think, um, and by the way, you're listening to Let's Talk Adult with Glenn King and our guest Naomi Banks. And I do think whether you're Asian or you're black or whatever, you should first of all, recognize that that is who you part are. of who, yeah, it's who you are and that it's not. Just because a fan says, well, I, I'm into black girls, doesn't mean he's fetishizing you. It's just, there's blondes, there's blacks, yeah. there's, you know, everyone has um, things that categorize them and describe them. You know, I'm Jewish. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if anybody's out there going, man, I like watching Glenn's videos because we don't see that many male performers that are <laughs> Jewish. Jewish. And he's, but I don't care. You know, like, if somebody likes me for that reason, then great. But, but you know... What I would be angry about if if somebody was um, slurring yeah. my race in mm -hmm. some way. If somebody was making a video of Jew boys, whatever, I would be very offended. Mm -hmm. um, you, you know, and I can understand when somebody, like when Saya Song comes out and says, I don't want to be in a video called Slant-Eyed Sluts, right. number seven, mm -hmm. and, and I get that. Well, we're running out of time, and, and I got one more topic I've got to get to with you here. So we may have to do another follow-up or get you your own podcast to talk about these African-American issues. It's something I really want to talk more about. Mm -hmm. But I need to ask you about your femdom stuff here okay. because this has become so important in your life. Yes, it has. Uh, I was trying to remember earlier whether – did I really give you your first dom scene, or did you already do someone before you – I, I did you? with Angela. Um, ah, Angela D'Angelo had Angela a strap-on series. Yeah, you probably did. Yeah, okay. what I did with her first, and then actually, I believe her and um, her daughter Ice. Yeah, she brought me to you. Um, okay, I think Angela brought me to you. Well, no, I never actually met Angela, you but didn't? Ice might have brought me or somebody. No, it wasn't who? Ice. Or was it um, Nikki? Maybe Nikki. Nikki. Nikki, Nikki Hunter. Absolutely. Nikki Hunter yes. brought okay, me to great. you. Yeah. 
Um, and then from then on, we were rocking and rolling. Like I, like when I say, and, and this is funny, like I think if I would have known about the, the pro-dom and all that stuff, I think I probably would do that before I would get into the industry, the porn industry shooting. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe, I don't know, maybe that's something that you these days can do because back then there were no mentors that could help. There's me, I think. I mean, right. like, I spawned so many doms by taking porn girls, putting them into this role, and then having them go, ooh, I like this. Mm -hmm. I get to um, yeah. get a different side of my personality come out. But right now, I mean, the world is full of African-American women. Right? Actually, see, that's wrong on my part. Of women who need mentoring to mm -hmm. be female domination. Maybe that's a direction that you want to go in, but... You know, for for me, I would love to do that, but I respect that I, I respect the BDSM world so much. There's so much stuff that I still need to learn. Mm -hmm. You know, within that in within the industry, with that with that um, part of it. Um, probably a, a couple of last year, I had went with um, Kelly Provocative. We had mm, went yeah. to this um, called Herstory Party um, in Dallas. Actually, um, Kelly you know, allowed them to use hosted her beautiful home for them to host the event. Now, myself and Kelly are the only two who come from the adult side of thing into the professional dom. Which is totally different world. It's a totally different world. Yeah. And um, you know, and the first thing the ladies prejudged us. Yeah. On who we were and yeah. why we were in this industry and things of sort. And so I had to politely set these ladies straight on who exactly who I am and what I do and what I'm and why I'm here and such and such and such. And the funny thing is me going into the pro dom of the side of it was um, Aiden Starr. Aiden Starr was the very first person that ever took me on to a session with her. And from then on, I was hooked like forever in a day yeah um but then after that after when i really went like full blown with it you know all of the ladies that embraced me were all of my white beautiful goddesses and i was so upset and so ashamed of my black goddesses that were in this industry in the bdsm world that was not embracing me that was not embracing you know some of the other you know young ladies that had you know went over there on the side on film and wanted to do it, you know, professionally to meet, you know. Um, for me, I would love to do that. I would love, but I don't know. I don't. It's really hard. Well, it's really hard, especially with grown women. Well, doms, it's really hard. Yeah. Okay, so when you become a dom, you start playing a role. Mm hmm. And it becomes very confusing where the line is, mm -hmm. you know, when you're supposed to be dominant and when you're not. Mm -hmm. And lifestyle doms, professional doms tend to get it in their heads that I'm a dom, I'm perfect, I'm mm -hmm. superior being, blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah. And it's very difficult then to, to do um, any kind of mentoring type thing. Mm -hmm. On the, the other side of the house, though, the thing where you take a performer who's never been a dumb and then you say but you're beautiful and I can help you and I'm going to make a DVD series or a clip store series especially if you want to go ethnic yeah. you, it's funny I had this young lady actually she's one of my best friends mm -hmm. and um, beautiful she's a heavy set voluptuous beautiful girl 
And um, I said, you can do this. And um, I actually did a scene. She did a scene. And she, I thought she was great. But she was like, I felt so bad doing that. I just could not do it. But it came across just so naturally on, like, literally, I'm holding a camera. And, and this sounds so pervy of me. Like, I was getting hard as she was talking to the guy. Yeah. You know, like, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, girl, do you understand? Like, you got it. Oh, I can't. I I can't do that. I can't like, like, girl, that was, it was like coming out of your mouth, like second nature, like just boom, boom, boom. But they don't, that's okay. That happens to me every time I shoot mm-hmm. a new girl. They always say, I felt so bad. But then I bring them back for a second scene. By the time they're on mm-hmm. the third scene, they've forgotten all about that part. Like, I, <laughs> then you got to tell them, hey, stop crushing the guy's balls. <laughs> you know, he's, you're hurting him. This is supposed to be fake. No, but I love it. I love it. I actually started a, a, a little group of us, myself, Kelly. Candace Vaughn, um, the Shy Twins, those are friends of mine from Chicago. They do modeling, but they'll do, you know, doming with me or for me or become one of my subs called Goddess Just Unleashed. Um, and the film Tish Marie, she really don't do film, but yeah. she does things for me. Yeah. She, um, you know, we do doming together on some things. So that's something that I'm really looking to kind of, you know, blow up in the next year or two good, to do good. that. But I'm kind of like, you know, just because I got my. I got so many things. I got my makeup line. I got my lingerie line. And all of those things are just, you know, kind of a lot. So. Okay. Um, well, then that's what we need to talk about before we end the podcast here. Which, by the way, uh, and I, I gave Candace her first Dom scene for sure. Candace Did Vaughn. you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, and, and there's an example of somebody that, you know, while we're all here in Vegas, you could bring her in. I could shoot her for a new scene. You could shoot her for a new scene okay. or something. We could use my studio. You've got, you know, I've got my production assistant manager guy that can okay. handle a lot of fun stuff. And, and he does camera, too. So, I mean, I'm sure we can work out some fun stuff. But now you've brought up your other things, and we need to know about these things. So let's talk about your yes. cosmetics line, clothing line. Did you yes, say? a lingerie you line. Okay. Actually, my lingerie line, um, it was actually nominated for X-Bids and an AVM Award Ooh, this past year. Congratulations. Yes. Um, I've been working with that for about three years now. Um, I was doing a lot of conventions, a lot of fashion shows back in New York. So it's a lingerie line for both men and women. And I actually have um, three three departments of it. I have... Um, it's called Intimate Seduction, okay. lingerie. Yeah. And I have the apparel side, which, of course, I go to buyers and buy from them. And it's like the more on the um, the less expensive version mm-hmm. of it. And then I have the IS Men, which is um, smoking jackets and Ooh. and robes and things that I, sort of, that I actually design and create myself. Okay. And IS by Naomi Banks, IS Sexy. And that is also my own designs that I create and sew in everything myself. Um, though, so those three right there, and it's been doing pretty well. It's it's been doing. Where do they well. check them out? What's the website? Well, the website is. Um, I'm gonna give you the apparel one first. Okay. <laughs> the apparel one is Intimates by Naomi. Okay. And the second one is um, istheprivatecollection.com. Okay. Yeah. Is the private collection. Mm-hmm. So that's like IS underscore or just IS the just private Just IS okay. the private collection. And the other one again was? It's Intimates, Intimates by Naomi. Okay, mm-hmm. Intimates by Naomi. All right, well, everybody go check that out and tell us all your social media as well. All right, so my Twitter is I am Naomi Banks, and I spell Naomi for you. That's N-Y-O-M-I-B-A-N-Triple-X. As well as you can follow me on Instagram, that's 
Okay, so it's a lot of fake Instagram, so I'm going to give you the real <laughs> uh, one. Yeah. All right, so it's the real Naomi Banks that's with three X's, N-Y-O-M-I-B-A-N. That's the real Naomi Banks, please, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with that one. And my Facebook, I kind of like dabble back and forth on it, but I really not. Yeah. Yeah, like really not on it. And I think that's about it. Really? Yeah. Did you say your Twitter? Yeah, I said my Twitter. Okay. Good. I am. And on my OnlyFans, too. My OnlyFans as well. And check her out on Sex Panther. So Yes, yes. There yes. you go. The great Naomi Banks. So if you're listening to the podcast, I'm excited to say that you are amongst 53,000 subscribers, which is unbelievable. That's so many more than we ever thought we were going to get. And I thank you so much. Um, but if you, uh, whether you're listening to us on Spreaker or TuneIn or Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, or iHeartRadio, and there's probably a few others on there, you got to do me one favor, and that is do hit the subscribe button because that's how advertisers track us and decide whether we're doing well or not. So give us a, a subscribe, hit that button, give us a review if you can, like a five-star review. I don't care if you actually listen to the show or not, uh, you know, just download it. <laughs> <laughs> subscribe give us reviews all those kind of things that's what helps the team and I know you want to help the team because you enjoy and love listening to us so there you go thank you very much for listening to another episode of Let's Talk Adults and again thank you to Naomi Banks 